Bonfire Babble. Welcome to the Bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And I'm Conowin. Because it's Conowin's Corner. We are here to talk about Pisces season. We've reached the end of the Zodiac, folks. Here we are. It's the <laughs> most feel it? magical time yeah. of the year. It's the most psychic time of the year. <laughs> Imaginative magic works completely. Some would say angelic. Others would Ooh. say escapist. <laughs> I want it all. I've been feeling that recently. Mm. Hachimachi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm hoping a lot of this resonates with a lot of you folks out there because I think we're all kind of feeling these transits in a big way, one way or another. And I'm going to hopefully talk a little bit about that, make some sense of what we've all been going through, through and also uh, address what is to come because, wow, we have a very pinnacle month coming up, folks. Ooh, this is 2023, baby. <laughs> And if you guys are ready, I can jump right in to jump on in like a fish in the ocean. Here we go. Two little fishes swimming in the sea. All right. So Pisces season is going to start on February 18th. Uh, Starts technically the sun will reach Pisces at 2.35 p.m., which is important, which I'll talk about a little later. But Pisces is the sign of the fish. This is the sign of universal and unconditional love. Uh, We have a really nice energy, actually, like really nice for the ingress chart. I was Pleasantly surprised when I look to see, again, ingress is when the planets move from one sign to the next. So the sun ingressing into Pisces from Aquarius. I take a look at that chart and that kind of gives us a snapshot of what the whole season will look like. So there's a ton of sextiles in this chart, which is an energy of collaboration and it's like harmonious and friendly. And there's a nice mental conjunction between Moon and Mercury in Aquarius at that time. So I kind of foresee a lot of like mental activity. I think we're all kind of feeling that right now that Mercury just entered an Aquarius. And I swear it feels like somebody just hit the gas on the car and now we are going. (laughs) And so, you know, we're all kind of forced to use our minds in a fast way, whether we wanted to or we're ready to or not. Here we are. Pisces is a sign of escapism. So this is all things fantasy, imagination, illusion, delusion. A lot of this is due, of course, to the rulers, the first ruler being Jupiter, which is a deeply spiritual, it's that expansion of the mind, expansion of the senses, expansion of the emotions, right? And there's a seeing a unity in all of us and all of our human experience. But then that Neptune comes in as the modern ruler and really gives that like idea of the delusion. It can make us feel very small and a very vast universe. There's a humility with Pisces, certainly, and just an ability to see all things and think of all things and maybe get a little overwhelmed by all things. But we have our rulers this uh, season. Jupiter is going to be spending the entire time in Aries and Neptune is spending the entire time, of course, in Pisces. So we can look to the rulers of the zodiac sign of the season we're in to sort of get a flavor for, okay, like what are the themes are going that are going to be surrounding us this season? So we have some kind of steady rulership going on, which is nice because the last couple seasons, I feel like it's kind of been back and forth all over the place, lots of stuff going around. So some of the big themes, um, honestly, that I see just as a recurring thing over and over again is this season is really about the endings and the beginnings, right? And so the cycles are closing and starting and we see a lot of hope on the horizon, but also a lot of stuff we're kind of tying up and having to sort through and finish up and fix up and maybe close out and say goodbye to. 
Jupiter in Aries holds that energy of excitement. We've talked a lot about this in the last few months because Jupiter's been spending a lot of time in Aries and not really knowing where the future is going to take us. But there's a hope for it. There's a passion. There's an energy behind it. And Jupiter's giving us lots of ideas on how we can progress forward. Neptune, Neptune has been in Pisces now for quite a while. Um, I mean, t- I'm talking like 10 years, I think, at this point, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe less. But it's been a long time. This is honestly like why in the last number of years we've had so many like unclear, hazy things around, you know, leadership and the news, like fake news is very much a Neptunian idea. And I know I've talked about this previously, but I think we're starting to see the beginnings of like what AI and like all of that potential is going to look like, or rather (laughs) what it's starting to feel like at least, and just how vast of like an issue this is good and bad. And so I really see, you know, we had Jupiter conjunct uh, Neptune back in Pisces last year around this time. So now we're kind of seeing really the beginning of the fruition of that story. And I think we're really seeing a huge indication that AI is going to be our future. So what are the implications of this, right, on a global scale? Like, that's crazy to think about. But that those are the sort of things that are being brought up, especially in Pisces season, which is like, about that, like not being sure of what's real, right? Like that's very Neptunian in Pisces. So all these like energies are happening at once. And then meanwhile, we have all of our planets are moving direct. And they'll be direct until Mercury goes retrograde on April 21st. So this season, while it's the end of the zodiac, it's a really great time for like all systems go. Like, can you feel the urgency? I certainly am feeling like Oh. I want to get this project started. Yeah, you guys both. Yeah, <laughs> totally feeling it. Mm-hmm. And just balls to the wall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and because all the planets are moving direct, that's only adding to that. So this is an all systems go time. It's a great time to get those contracts signed, make your move, make your travel plan, back up all your technology and get new technology, right? This is not a time to be afraid of starting something new. You can start new ventures, new business plans, new ideas. This is, this is a good time for that because all the planets are moving direct. However, <laughs> we have two pretty heavy hitters, and this, this whole intro into Pisces season is a little long this time because we have these overwhelming energies that are sort of happening at the same time throughout all of this. First and foremost, Pluto has just moved into 29 degrees of Capricorn. So it's at that very, 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 very last light of Capricorn. It's been there since 2008. We are seeing the end of a huge huge story happening. And this is going to be seen on a global scale, right? So the last 15 years sort of coming to a close. So seeing the lessons of Pluto's journey through Capricorn are going to begin to come to fruition. You may start feeling the ending or the beginning of the end of certain parts of your life. Uh, So where's Pluto in your chart right now? Where's Capricorn? That might be something you want to look up, like wherever Capricorn rules, whatever house that is in your chart, that may give you a clue as to like what's wrapping up right now, right? and what to sort of expect for yourself. Be ready, uh, I would honestly say, for some major world news, shakeups, crisis, because Pluto, I mean, this is the death card, right? And so this is for the collective in the final degrees of Capricorn. So I don't want to diminish what this could look like. We also, again, are seeing the lessons from all of this last 15 years. So it may start making sense suddenly or things become clear. We just had Mercury conjunct Pluto not too long ago before this episode's going to air. So that's kind of shining that light on and bringing attention and communication to all those shadowy understories. We're starting to understand like, okay, this is kind of what's been going on. And we are 
getting these little hints now of what Pluto in Aquarius is going to look like because we are so close to this. And that's kind of why I brought in AI earlier with technology. We're going to be looking back on this time period right now over the next two years going, okay, these are some recurring themes that we're seeing as we're closing out this big cycle. So this is a huge deal. And the next major hitter we have kind of on the same front, right? So we have the death card of Pluto. We also have Uranus in Taurus. It's been hanging out there very comfortably for a while. And it's going to be what's call, on what's called a world point, which is 15 degrees of a fixed sign. So all the different fixed signs we have, right? So that's Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. All of their 15 degree points are the fixed signed world points. And they're called world points because they're the mid, like the midpoint of the season. So Uranus is sitting at 15 degrees of Taurus until March 15th, which is basically an indicator of Uranus bringing big world shakeups, big world news. It's again, that sort of tower card energy. So we're having a lot of stuff happening that's big and explosive around the ending of this Pluto and Capricorn story. Beware the Ides of March. Indeed. Oh my yeah, goodness. For sure that this was time. A, yes. <laughs> exactly. So it really hammers in on the world news front. We just had, I mean, when Uranus went direct, right? I I'd mentioned like be ready for some stuff happening and all these different planets ingressing. And what did we have? We had that the or horrible earthquakes in Turkey. We had spy balloons, you know, in the air. Like, I mean, We've had a lot of world crazy stuff happen around Uranus, and it's been sitting on this 15th degree point. It's going to continue to be there until March 15th. So I'm saying expect big policy changes, announcements, shakeups, teardowns. We just, there was a huge story I just heard about some billionaire in India who had his, half of his fortune just evaporated overnight. Like, I mean, talk about a teardown of somebody's life, like on a, on a huge scale, right? Because of the company that he was doing. Please don't quote me on this, right? I'm just like passing along world news, but it was just crazy to see and hear about. May I make a prediction? Please, by all means. It's Um, on air, folks. (laughs) For one thing, I'm going to brag just a little bit because I predicted, I'm not a sports fan, y'all. Well, I like baseball, but I predicted that the Chiefs were going to win and I predicted that they were going to win by three points and that it was going to be a tight game all the way through. So... I have no idea if this next one is going to come true. I think around the 15th of March or around that time period, Biden, hopefully, and and this is United States centric, everyone, sorry about that. I think something might happen to him. And I think Kamala might rise into power. And I hope that is true. And I hope it's not a death, an actual death. But there's my prediction, y'all. That's what, and I'm not the only one that thinks this. I had a discussion about it with a big group of people. We looked at their charts. There's also big corporate layoffs happening in March. Oh my gosh. No. Uh, I recently found out that you can see when projected layoffs are on a website, a government website. Why? Uh, My friend at work showed me and I was like, this is incredible. March, I think, 19th is when that's happening for the company I work for. Wow. So... And Kanawan is spot on here, as always, as she always is. Oh, that's too kind. <laughs> but I so will true. say, yeah, I mean, your prediction that a lot of astrologers have been looking at that and a potential for that over the last huh. couple of years and incorrectly predicted when it was going to happen. So it'll be very interesting, I think, as we see this true time and cycle close, this story mm-hmm. is coming to an end. So I do 
anticipate there to be a lot more stories about this. And just even in my own life, I've had a number of indicators that like, okay, this chapter is going to close. Oh, yeah. What are you going to (laughs) do? So, you know, I think um, if you're feeling that energy right now or you're seeing it in your life uh, play out in a way, it's something definitely to take note of. And you have power here. You are not powerless. You can choose which direction it's going to go into and acknowledge that you are seeing this and accepting whatever new path lays ahead of you. Because while we do have all this ending energy, this new moon in Pisces, which is going to be on February 19th, so just the day after Pisces season starts, we have this Pisces new moon at one degree. It's going to be at 11.06 p.m. And this is really a new moon of imagination, right? So if you think about, you know, where we are in the season, back in Aquarius season, we're kind of deciding, okay, what bulbs are we going to plant? What are we planting for the spring? What dreams are we, are we going to manifest? And now our bulbs are planted. So this is how will it grow? That Pisces is really like envisioning how things are going to sprout from the ground and, and be and exist in this universe, in this world. And so there's a lot of hope and joy around that. And just like thinking about the potential of what's going to happen. Visualizing during this time is extremely powerful. Really putting yourself, embodying yourself in what it's going to feel like and be like to have manifested or have a successful thing happened to you that you were hoping for. So really trying to take the time to put yourself mentally in that place, even physically, if you can, whatever you can do to like spruce up your space or your body or your, you know, lifestyle just to like make that happen. I think that there's a lot of potential here for that. And this is a really wonderfully powerful full moon, or excuse me, new moon to work with all forms of water. So bath is always my favorite for anything Pisces. But, you know, working with the beach, working with rivers, working in, please do so responsibly, of course. We want to take care of nature, right? But any form of water that you want to work with is really powerful. And think about Pisces being that kind of escapist. So trying some deep meditation, some hypnosis. If you've never tried astral projection, this could be a really powerful time for you. Um, Any kind of like you know, journey that you want to take with psychedelic, right? Please do this safely, of course. But you know, this is if there's ever a new moon to do it, it's the Pisces new moon. So just want to put that out there. Uh, I've talked about this, of course, I think on every episode. But of course, if you want some direction on where to, you know, start working manifesting for this new moon, look in your chart, where Pisces is in your chart, uh, and what house that it rules. And depending on the house system, that could change slightly. So whatever resonates with you, honestly, is what matters to me. At least like that's what I tell all my students and and people that I read for. If it doesn't resonate, it's not meant for you. If it does resonate, if it's like, okay, yes, Pisces totally rules my 10th house of career. This is where I want to go. Then that's the house you use. (laughs) So personally, for me, I use the Placidus house system, but whole house sign or equal house sign is a really great beginner house system to use if you're unsure where to start. So personally, 12th house for me is going to be where Pisces is, which is also a very Neptunian Pisces house. So I get to sort of just peace out, I think, for this new moon and maybe escape all the drama that's been going on in my life. That's at least my plan and focus a little more on my own spiritual health, right? And Corey, Detta, you both have it in the fourth house for yourself. So this is the house of family, of home, of ancestry. This is all things that have come before you. So really like connecting in a deep way with like, your familial bonds and the things that you cultivate and hold close to you and that mean something to you because it stretches far back into your ancestry or into your past Mm -hmm. lives. It's a big past life house as well. 
So really thinking about where your infancy comes from and where you've grown from out of that, and then just the comforts of home as well. Food for thought. And my Pisces, the only Pisces that I have, I mean, I know we all have it, but where it shows up with a planet is is the Chiron. Is Chiron. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think that's, that's a nice coupling deep. with the fourth. I know. I'm, And I'm ready. I've been prepping for it. Good for you. That's great. Thank you. So my Pisces starts in my fourth house. So yes. does that mean that's the house that it is? So we're looking no, at... No, it doesn't. <laughs> it starts in... Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The whole backwards thing screws me oh, up. Oh, you're so fine. So and you're looking at... Obviously, you're not going to look at equal house because equal house will make it all... The one house will be like all ruled by one sign. So you're probably right. looking at Placidus. Or Mine is like kind of askance. Yes. So we're looking, this is why I always put the degree, right? So one degree of Pisces, that's the very oh, beginning. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. And so I would say that Pisces actually rules your following house. Now we're getting into a little yeah. more of astrology because Ooh, it, it, I love it. That, that's where the, the cusp is, although there are technically no cusps in astrology, <laughs> folks, just so you know. like I also have three different Pisces you do. in my fifth house. Yes. I had so to make sure that nothing was conjunct. That's why I was like... <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I'm confused. But one degree, that makes sense. Yes. So that's where that new moon is occurring for you specifically. So if you're using a house system that has the different signs overlapping multiple houses, that's why I always give the degree. So you can find that specific point because it does make a huge difference. For you, if Pisces was your fifth house, it would be a totally different theme, right? So that's (laughs) why we always do that. Yeah. So really, I mean, lovely new moon, honestly. I think there's a lot that's really nice about this new moon Um, coming at a time when I think we all are going to want to probably step back and detach a little bit and and also just get back in touch with what matters spiritually, emotionally, physically, (laughs) all those things. So Right after that, we have Venus is going to be moving into Aries. So Venus has been very comfortable in Pisces. Like she's really chill there. She's in her like goddess zone. She's in her, uh, what's it called? Exaltation in Pisces. She moves into Aries and now she's real feisty. (laughs) This is fire. This is passion, drive, energy. So this is all about what we want to attract, right? And so, you know, after this new moon, then it's like, okay, go after it. Be bold, dress to impress, give no fucks, like be daring. <laughs> that Aries energy says like, ready, go. So it's not even ready. Just go, just, just go for it, right? So no apologies. Just go after the things you want to, you know, manifest in your life, or at least you're probably going to be feeling that on some level, or you might be witnessing people being a little bit more demanding or a little bit more bold about what it is they want. And it's good energy for that. You just want to make sure, of course, you know, there's a lot of other planets and things at play. So if you get a no, it's just an obstacle. You can get through it. You can push past it. Aries is a ram, of course, right? You ram through it. Just, of course, remember that that urgency with Venus and Jupiter both in Aries, it's going to feel like it needs to get done now. It may need to get done tomorrow, or it may need to get done next week, or maybe next month, or maybe next year, right? So give yourself a little grace with this one. Just be aware that that urgency is going to feel really, really strong with Venus there, also another personal planet, and you don't have to rush into it. Please do do all these things safely as always. But I think, you know, it's a good time for you to say, all right, I'm just going to go after this and give no fucks. Following that, though, a little, a few weeks later, actually, Mark's, on March 2nd, Mercury is going to be moving into Pisces. So it's funny because Venus is in her detriment in Aries, which no hate to anybody with Venus in Aries. It's a very powerful placement. She's just not as like cozy dreamy as she is in her normal signs, right? And her like 
flouncy goddess energy. She's a little more like, give me what I want. I'm wearing my leather jacket and like, take me seriously. Right. And so angry Aphrodite ex- versus yeah. Aphrodite in love. Exactly, sure. Exactly. Exactly. So when Mercury moves into Pisces on March 2nd, this is also a sign of his detriment. So Mercury is not as comfortable in Pisces because Pisces is all things that are like floaty, right? And Mercury is like, I want to get things done. He's just spent time in Aquarius where like a lot of communication is happening at a rapid fire level and there's inspiration and imagination. And then he gets to Pisces and he's like, what are words, (laughs) right? (laughs) So there's this uh, feeling of sort of miscommunication a lot with Pisces, but really what it is, it's, it's communication through all things that we can't necessarily tangibly grasp, but things like music and poetry, lyrics and movement might really speak to us on a much deeper level. So it's actually a really profound time of creativity. And while it might feel a little bit watery, a little bit dramatic, a little bit emotional, and just be wary that you might be feeling this or other people in your scope might be feeling this, it's a really fantastic time if you are a creative for like investing some time and really like saying things that are just deeper than words can express. And, you know, opening your mind to try to be mutable with people communicating in ways that maybe you didn't quite expect, right? We might be receiving messages in ways that sort of open our mind naturally, or we have to open ourselves up to in order to receive better. So watch out for the waterworks, certainly, like any kind of drama is definitely possible, uh, and allow yourself your time to reflect when necessary. But it's just, I think it's interesting, we have both of these very personal planets moving into their sign of detriment, where there's still a lot of really great potential here to like make a very meaningful impact on your life during this kind of crazy time with these deeper energies. So I've been prepping for this because I looked ahead and not that I understand it completely, but I'm getting better. Thank you, Conowin. That's because of you. And I've been taking some classes and all that good kind of stuff. I am so ready and so hopeful for this. I'm just trying to think outside the box, especially with what you were saying about AI. I think it's going to be a huge month for psychic downloads and revelations on a global scale and i am so ready for it most definitely (laughs) although i would argue if you think you're ready for it oh yeah okay well (laughs) okay i'm so sorry within within reason right but you know (laughs) you know within we never know yeah but i mean i love i love the positive outlook toward it i mean a lot of astrologers have been joking once pluto moves into aquarius folks like we're the aliens have landed so we're right before we're (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, depending yeah. on how that goes, it could be really great and really awful, right? Uh, I will say Uranus will be off the, the world point by then. So we have maybe a little bit of growth and something to look forward to, I would hope. Uh, and no hate to anybody with Uranus at 15 degrees in their chart. It's just a crazy placement to have, right? And so mm. as we've all experienced, but we definitely have like, we're in the last breath before this happens. And mm-hmm. I think that we're already getting those, like you said, the psychic downloads. And this this season is really going to probably bring in a lot of messages that are not the normal way we receive. I mean, it's not coming in over a text or a tweet or any of that. It's probably coming in through your dreams or your meditations or symbols or, you know, just weird happenstance things. And just be open to receiving those messages you know, because if you're interested in receiving them, because they're coming, but we definitely have like, we're in the last breath 
before this happens. And I think that we're already getting those, like you said, the psychic downloads. And this this season is really going to probably bring in a lot of messages that are not the normal way we receive. I mean, it's not coming in over a text or a tweet or any of that. It's probably coming in through your dreams or your meditations or symbols or, you know, just weird happenstance things and just be open to receiving those messages. And so on that note, we have, speaking of illumination of messages, uh, we have a really big day in March. So as March begins on March 7th, we have a number of huge transits. The full moon will be in Virgo on that day on the 16 degree mark at 4.40 a.m. Venus will be moving into Taurus that day. And Saturn, who's just been spending the last two and a half years in Aquarius, will be moving into Pisces. So lots of ingresses energy on this day, lots of moon energy on this day, a lot of just mark March 7th as like, please be safe out there and also get ready for a tone shift. Now, what I like about this tone shift is it's Pisces and Taurus energy and Virgo energy. So there's earth and water, right? We think about those in a big way. Venus loves being in her home sign of Taurus. She is so comfortable there. She is like peak empress goddess energy in this placement. Saturn's a bit more uncomfortable in Pisces, but Pisces and Taurus energy are very harmonious. So that's nice. And Virgo, of course, is bringing in more of an earthly element to that moon. So we have a lot of good, I think, elemental play here, you know, with into this Saturn next moving into this, this next two and a half year cycle. Two and a half year I want to ask those out there if you are aware of what your Saturn return is. That's what I was going to ask. I actually oh, just yeah, sure. in the chat. I was like, does that mean Pisces? People who have Saturn in Pisces, it's their return. It, it's the beginning of the return, folks. Yep. Learning, folks, I am learning. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the Saturn return, I mean, cool is a really wonderful way of looking at that. And I'm so glad you said that because I want that for everybody who's got their Saturn return coming. Having just lived through my Saturn return in Aquarius, it's a it's I mean, if especially if you're going through your first one. So that's going to be between the ages of like 28 and 31, um, depending on the retrograde motion. So if you're around that age, just be aware that it's a big shift. And I think it can really like surprise you. And then Saturn being in Pisces, no less, like there's probably a lot that you don't see coming because there's so many messages coming from elsewhere. And I hope, I genuinely so hope that you all have a wonderful Saturn return and that you like reap the benefits from it. For those of you that are going through this again in your life, because you can have up to, I believe four uh, is kind of the longest period, but you can have, usually most people get to three. You know, you've you've been through this before. This is a big tone shift in your life and a lot of reckoning happens. And so if you've been putting in that Saturnian work and discipline, you really start seeing the fruits of your efforts here and and a shift in a direction that's going to really grow you, you know, hard and easy. <laughs> so uh, and those of you have, who have survived your Saturn return in Aquarius, congratulations, you made it. Here you are. <laughs> I'm giving myself a pat on the back for that one because, oh boy, I've needed the motivation. You so, should. You've done a lot. Well, thank you. <laughs> Uh, definitely something to look at if you're not aware of where your Saturn is, if you're around those ages. And the following, I believe, is around age 52 to 55. Sort of look in that range. If that resonates with you, I, I'm trying to do math really fast and I'm not great at it. But I believe it's in the late 70s. If you're in your late 70s and you're listening to this, you might be hitting your next Saturn return. So just be aware every 28 to 30 years or so, you're kind of going through this transit in this time. And it's, again, very much a time of reckoning. So Check out where that is for you in your chart. Also, if you're in your 70s and you're listening, hi, 
Hi. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, welcome. (laughs) Rad 70-year-old who listens to podcasts. Hell yeah. Like, who knows? Or if you know people, right? I mean, this is another one. We we start seeing people like with these larger world transits happening in their lives. You can start noticing like, oh, yeah, when that person in my life was this age, like stuff started happening. What degree was that Virgo transit? So the Virgo full moon is going to be at 16 degrees. And this full moon, I actually love this full moon uh, because Virgo energy is very much the mundane day to day, like small detailed level and with the the rapture of Pisces like season I think it's sometimes really nice to just refocus back on like the small tasks the small things that are manageable and that we can hold on to and work with tangibly when there's so much sort of left up into outer space and like dreams and imagination and it can get really hard to find your footing so with that full moon at 16 degrees Virgo again you're going to want to look at where that is in your chart that is usually a period of illumination, right? We, we think about as witches, like that's that manifestation, that's that culmination energy. So for myself, it's in my sixth house of my daily duties and tasks. So I'm kind of looking forward to like, okay, like maybe restructuring some of my schedule and like my systems that need improvement. Virgo is a big one on systems. So shine a light on your systems and see what could use improvement and uh, just rethinking it in a way that will make it work better for you, right? Dada, yours is going to be in the 10th of career. So I think that's a wonderful thing, right? You can start looking at the building blocks of your legacy, of your career, where you see yourself going in the world and going like, okay, like this is shining a light on this area that I might need to improve. I might need to rethink. Um, Maybe it's working really well for me and here's why, here's what it's manifesting. But that's that 10th house of legacy, all things that live beyond you. And that is your career and your big dreams and goals in the world. And Corey, only because I know you've been checking this out, do you know where yours is? First house, baby. In Virgo. Oh, wrong one. Hold on. You're so good. Uh, 16. Do, 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 do. 11th house. Yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the, okay. To be fair, the Virgo symbol and whatever, Scorpio? Yes. Yeah. Look almost similar. identical to me. Oh, they totally do. Yep. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, they're very close. <laughs> really interesting reasons as to why, but I won't get into that in the right now. If you ever want me to do an episode on the symbols, that would be a super fun I one. I sure do. Yes. <laughs> wow, the excitement from the room just exploded. Okay, I was I love just it. about to say, I have to have a picture of the symbols to remember which one is which, except for mine, yep. Gemini, and Taurus. Yeah. And Aries, I guess. But like otherwise, they all look the same to me. The house of hopes and wishes. So all things future, right? And that collaborative future. This is truly the spirit of like Aquarius in a house. So of course, you being an Aquarius, this is kind of your jam, right? And so, you know, in that way, what small details, what small things that you're doing or interacting with or systems that you have in place around socialization, community groups and organizations uh, might be highlighted at this time. That might be something that you look into. Again, making those small minor improvements, but small tasks lead to big changes, right? I, I love Virgo energy for this. And my, I myself have Jupiter and Virgo. So it's kind of my belief system. I'm like, yes, I'm a huge proponent of systems. So looking at that house, right? Like that's a bigger house than yourself. In fact, for both of you, it's, it's bigger than yourself, right? It's the world, it's community, it's, it's outreach, it's all of those things. So really thinking about how is this working 
in my life and how can I manage it in a way that feels tangible and doable and is taking into account all those details. I would love to hearken back just for a heartbeat to pattern returns because I will be 56 when I hit mine. So, so, yeah, I don't know if it goes beyond 56 or not, but I know I'm on the tail end of it because I was thinking it was going to be now. I'm kind of glad it isn't. So for all of those of you who just went through it during this pandemic and about to go through it when we're still coming out of all this bullshit, I feel for you. I do. But I'm hopeful. I don't know when mine was. It was back before I really understood astrology, even a little. And so, yeah, Jetta, I just looked at your Saturn because I was curious as to what you were basing that off. And yes, you do have your Saturn in Aries. So that's going to be in another two and a half or so years. And again, the the timing on that. Oh, there you go. And I will say, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it will. So what I will say from my own experience, I was like calculating down to the day, the minute that like mine would be exact. Baby, it's the whole freaking time. It's the Mm -hmm. whole season. Oofba. I think mine must have been in my late 20s, early 30s. Probably my early 30s. Some big shit started to go down around then. So when it hits that point, it's kind of a climax point, but really you're going to feel it the moment it enters Aries. And it's the whole time it's in Aries. It's that energy for you. So just so you're aware, you don't really get away with like, oh, I, you know, I don't have it for another year into this transit. I can promise you, you will feel it on some level. <laughs> it comes for you no matter what. And, and I don't, I don't mean, mean to make Saturn, Saturn sound big and, and scary, scary, but he, he is, is kind of one of the harder. He is. You know. he's yeah, he's, he's one of the harder planets, certainly. So I'm not going to beat around the bush there. <laughs> if you look at my Saturn, can you tell what year it was? Yeah, I can totally do that. Uh, let's see. So, Corey, your Saturn is in... So you had yours in Sagittarius. And so that would have been um, about, my guess is like five or so years ago. Let me double check that. So I was 30. Yeah. And like, I'm at the tail end of mine and I'm going to be 31 this year. Right. And so, so yeah, it entered Sagittarius back in about 2014, 15. And then it was in Sag all the way up until about 2018, a little bit before that, like end of 2017. So you would have felt that again, depending on the retrograde motion of Saturn, like for instance, mine, Saturn went over it. And that was it. Then it didn't hit the retrograde on it. But I still felt it the whole time. But that climactic point was when my child was born. (laughs) So really big indicator of like, you are an adult now. (laughs) You're a mom. (laughs) Here we go. Right. And so it was very clear for me specifically, but a lot of people have it where it retrogrades a couple times over the point. So you're going to you may have it where it crosses over and then it retrogrades back and then it goes back over again a third time. So do you want it all on one day or do you want it, you know, multiple times sort of spread out? It's kind of a, you you get what you get, but like, you know, it, it, what would you rather have, I guess? I was kind of thinking I was super lucky that I only had it on one day. And yes, while it was very clear, it was very much over the last couple of years. So all my Saturn and Pisces people, that's what you have to look forward to. So, but a lot of times, yeah, marriage, children, uh, new job, new new country that you're living in, new uh, financial outlook, like declaring bankruptcy, that kind of thing. It can be, it can be big, like very big adult moments where you're like, am I qualified to do this? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's Saturn in, in a nutshell. So, get ready, folks. Here it comes. So. The last little transit I just want to talk about is Mercury will be in Pisces right from that March 2nd all the way until March 18th. So really not that long. It zips pretty quickly. 
So those two weeks of a period over that full moon, just remember is kind of that like beautiful music poetry time for Mercury and not necessarily the quick communication Mercury that we all know and love. And then on March 18th, Mercury will be moving into Aries. So this is lighting that fire once again. We've got two personal planets, Jupiter and Mercury will be in Aries. And uh, they're pressing forward, they're moving us forward, Mercury even faster so than Venus. So there's passion, there's energy. With Mercury specifically in communication, expect a lot more bluntness, a lot more boldness from people and not caring about emotions because it's kind of run steam you over and get the thing I want to get done, done. So maybe like start wearing a little bit of a thick skin after that full moon because <laughs> people are probably going to say exactly what they mean and not worry as much about the consequences of what they're saying. So. And definitely, I think, a time for sort of announcements, new projects lining up. This is a great time for you to take advantage of it with Mercury and Aries starting a whole zodiacal season again, you know, th through the whole wheel. But uh, it can definitely bring a lot of that like bluntness that some of us more sensitive people are maybe not as accustomed to. So just be aware that that might be happening. And you might be feeling the urge to do that yourself. It's a great time to just say exactly what you mean. So. And then with that, Aries season is just going to start two days later on the 20th at 2.24 p.m. Pacific time. So that will be when the sun moves into Aries. Now, I will say, everybody listening who realized I forgot the most magical day of the season, I felt terrible last month. So I have a couple different options for you this month. And actually, one of them is coming right up. I honestly loved that first chart that we had of the Pisces ingress. So that is my number one pick of the day, which I hate to be like the first day of Pisces season is fantastic and the rest of it goes to shit. It's not true, but that I think that chart is probably the best one that I saw in terms of all the harmonious sextile energy, a lot of collaboration, a lot of Venetian, what do we want to attract and like helping each other get there. So really, really beautiful energy. But remember, it's not going to start on the 18th until after 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, right? Because that's when the sun actually moves into Pisces. We won't want to do it before that. Thunder? The way that I felt that lightning strike, like in my air Whoa. of my office. It's electric. It's intense over here right now, and the cats are fucking freaking out, and they never freak out around thunder, but they're out. Wow. I wonder if it's headed toward me. So February 18th is definitely going to be my number one pick. But of course, we want some hope to look forward to. So the other one I really liked was March 12th. Uh, we have a sextile Mars and Venus, which is a lot of really good communicative energy between like masculine feminine energy. So whether you're dealing with coworkers that are of, you know, a different gender than you, or if you're just sort of balancing that out in yourself and your own life, like great time for that. The, mooning, the moon will be a waning gibbous and it'll be trine Neptune, which is absolutely lovely. And Mercury is sextile Uranus, giving a lot of like inspiration and electric energy around ideas and, uh, you know, having brilliant thoughts and kind of thing. A lot of energy like speed around this as well. So just be aware. I mean, it's not a perfect chart, but I liked it because there's a lot working in our favor here. A lot of trying sextiles, uh, adding that harmonious flow that, you know, if you want to get some stuff done or if you want to just have good communication if you want to just have a magical evening where things work right and feel magical, it's a nice time for that. And then the third, and so that's going to be March 12th will be that date for that second magical day. 
And then the third option, this is not perfect by any means, but I wanted to bring it up because it's kind of a faded day, is February 28th. So the moon will be in trine with Saturn and Mercury, which I really like. That's really good communication and emotion around uh, sort of setting up foundations and um, building out commitments and contracts and kind of things. So if you're looking to do some sort of contractual magic, that might be a nice time to do that. It's good harmonious energy. The sun is in really big, like good aspect to the nodes of fate that day. So that's why I'm calling it a very faded day. Uh, there are some other tough parts about this chart, though. So you may just find like maybe mark February 28th is like if you meet somebody on this day, like that's somebody to take account of. Like if you make a decision that like changes your path on this day, that may be a much bigger decision than you even you realize because with the moon in those good aspects to the nodes, that's that's ruling your future and the next lifetime and your past and the past lifetime. So lots of big energy around that. And then that moon just being in a really nice aspect is really lovely. So take advantage. And of course, you can take advantage of all three days if you want, you know, but you have different options at this point. And hopefully one of those brings to fruition a beautiful future and manifestation for you. Amazing. That's so cool. I'm so looking forward to this. I love all the psychic downloads so much. I'm just and and they've already been coming fast and furious. And some of them have actually already happened which is wow. great too. Yeah, it's really fun. Things are moving so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like it. Like boom, 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 boom. And hopefully all in the good directions for all of you listening, for you too, of course. I, I want all the good things for everyone. I had an interesting exchange on Instagram and our DMs about time because they, they were upset about the fact that we kept saying time doesn't exist. Time has no meaning. Interesting. Yeah. And I, and I came back to perhaps it's a matter of semantics that human beings, it is proven that we have, our brains have constructed time. Yes. We can see the changes effects of it because they were all about, well, what about the decay? How do you explain that? You know, a mayfly experiences time a lot differently than a human being, a lot different than a redwood, a lot different than a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Time. Time is weird and it's wonky and it's wobbly and it is different for everybody. And there there was something that I was doing that always takes me a certain amount of time. I can to the clock. And I was like, okay, I've got time to do this. And so but I was going to be rushed because I needed to be somewhere else in the house (laughs) on my Zoom. And I was doing it and doing it. And I kept looking at the clock and it felt like it hadn't moved and I so I stopped and I moved and it took me literally half the time Whoa. and there's no reason that it should have been faster mm. so mm. so yeah it's very interesting time is interesting it really is yeah I've definitely had that experience where it's like wait mm. a minute like did time stand still yeah. what I think we all oh. have yes yeah and it, when we admit it yeah, is, yeah, I was just going to say, and some of us actually admit it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no crazies in Pisces season. We can all admit whatever we want. Like, it's all good. Everything's accepted. We're all one. It's all love, folks. Like, that's the high side of Pisces. Bring it into your life. You deserve it. Connellan, thank you so much. It was really fun just like chatting. And I, I feel like I've just had a fun chat. So it's been a very glad. fun chat. Well, Connellan, thank you so much. And until next time, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. 
Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.